Hello, dream builders, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and today I have a fantastic guest, as usual. Jessie Michelle Agadoni is joining me. She is a natural sensitive guide, and she helps sensitives understand their natural sensitivity and incorporate it into their identity. Her practice, Merfleur Wellness, a unique, authentic, calm method, teaches sensitives how to rebuild their calm and resiliency to create sustainable health. I can't wait for you guys to meet Jessie Michelle right after this. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome, Jesse, to the show. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. So if you've watched the show uh, or listened to it or whatever it is that people do, I'm going to goofy <laughs> Hey, all I'm very goofy. I'm not usually goofy. Uh, you would know that one of the first questions I always ask, because we here at Dream Design Podcast are in the business of opening people's eyes and broadening their horizons to what's available and what kind of things you can do and be compensated for energetically, you know, uh, monetarily. And so one of the things I love to do is to talk about how do we go from getting out of school and whatever it is that, you know, we think we're going to grow up and do to become these titles that we name ourselves that are just absolutely off the wall. And in a lot of ways, very arbitrary because it's really just about our power and who we are. But how does somebody go from, you know, graduating, throwing the hat up in the air and then becoming a sensitive health guide? Can you tell us about that story? Oh yeah. Well, that's a long story. <laughs> I'll try and be concise, but, uh, I think the first thing I'll say is I like to make up my own rules. So I love to make up my own language, love to make up my own words, like everything. So I, that's kind of how I live my life. And I haven't always been like that. I grew up as the good girl, the nice girl, the rule follower, the A plus student, the brown noser, you know, the peacemaker in the family. I was firstborn, um, tried to do everything perfectly. And I burnt out in high school. I literally hit the ground and I was just so exhausted and it came forward with health issues, right? So that's how it presented for me um, because I was so determined to be this like perfect human. So were that... you basically Jesse Spano in high school? Is that what you're telling me? Were you so excited? Were you? I was, I was so annoying. Like, <laughs> No, I'm sure I, I mean, I was just, I was so, uh, you know, I can look back and see how much unhealth there was, you know, I was so codependent, so dependent on how other people viewed me. I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted to be everyone's favorite person. I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So I wasn't my authentic self. I was just whoever anyone wanted me to be. I was a chameleon is another great way to say it. 
And that was literally the polar opposite of who my true self is. My true self is a ball buster and like here to break all the rules and to be very, um, you know, elegantly loud is the way I like to say it. Uh, but I'm not here to follow. And that was literally everything I did. Oh yeah. I'm a manifester. I'm a six, two manifester. Okay. Okay. Emotional authority. Uh, yeah. (laughs) What are you? I'm a five, one sacral generator. Okay. Yeah. 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 I love generators. My husband's a generator. He's a one, three. Um, so I love the, I love the one side of you and I have a bunch of friends that are five, one. So yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, so as a manifester, you know, when we're to speak in human design language, if your audience is familiar with that, (laughs) yeah, cool. So I'll use that language. So, you know, as a manifester in our state of unhealth, we can either go towards the really aggressive side of like, Hey Hitler, like that's, you know, the side of unhealth for a manifester or completely repressed to Mm -hmm. where we're so we're just a doormat. We're a living doormat. Mm -hmm. And we're just so afraid of being our true self because we're afraid of being conceived as mean or angry or whatever. Um, so I kind of went more that direction. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, basically since, since probably like I started driving in high schools, when I started realizing like, Oh, there's another world out there other than my own family. And like, I started just connecting and realizing that I didn't want to just be, you know, who everyone else wanted me to be. And and through college, I started having a lot of like self-discovery. And then it was really kind of in my twenties that I started to really break out Then second half of my twenties was when I really just said like to hell with all of this, like I'm figuring out who I am. I'm breaking free. And my thirties have been like, woo, you know, (laughs) this is who I am peeps. Uh, so it's been a journey. Just wait till you get to your 40. I don't, I can't wait. But I can do 40. (laughs) Just wait till you get to your 40 and you just turn around one day and you're like, I don't care. I don't don't care. care. I don't care. I'm doing it. Yeah. I know. I I've always looked forward to getting older. I'm a really old soul. Like I, I always joke I'm, I'm 34, but really I'm 85 inside. Like it's just, (laughs) I'm really old. Uh, I'm a very, very old soul. So, you know, it's, it's been a journey of a lot of self-discovery and I have, I'm happy to answer any questions deeper in that, but I, because of a lot of my, my repression, manifested into physical symptoms for me. So I started getting really sick. And so my journey has been very connected to my body and that is what directed me into the health world. And so I saw all the doctors, did all of the specialists, um, was, you know, they put me in boxes and it was hard because I never quite fit in the boxes of all the labels and the diagnoses. And so I learned pretty quickly that just, I was an oddball you know, and I'm, I'm a sensitive, uh, what's known as a highly sensitive person. I call it a natural sensitive. Yeah. And, uh, so I just, people didn't know what to do with me and it wasn't that the doctors were mean. They just literally did not know what to do with me. They didn't have anything for me. They told me it was in my head, all these things. And I knew it wasn't in my head. I wasn't crazy. Um, eventually I started looking at alternative quote unquote, you know, health options, um, more holistic approaches, naturopathics. I saw all the experts in that area, all the way to like angel healers. Like I've done it all, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and I eventually realized I have to figure out who my body is and what it needs. And I started actually going, you know what? I think through all these years of, <laughs> I started teaching the doctors and the experts I was seeing what I knew and I started actually being like, wait, why am I paying you? I'm telling you what to do. Like, this doesn't make sense. So, uh, and I had a lot of people at the same time. 
Yeah. I had a lot of people starting to come to me asking me for help because I, over like the decade that I'd been seeking had learned so much. And, uh, I ended up learning through human design that it's actually my natural gift. I'm literally here to be a healer and to be healed. So, uh, that's my, uh, angle cross. So it's really interesting, uh, to find that out. Like afterwards, it's like, oh my gosh, crazy. So I ended up going back to school, getting trained, interning, mentoring, doing all these things. And within like four years, I had a booming practice just because it was so innate. It was so natural for me. Um, and within those four years of running Mirflor Wellness, which is what my practice is called, I just naturally attracted fellow sensitives because the way that I support my clients is from that perspective of sensitivity. And so I naturally drew in sensitives. And so about like the two, three year mark, I started realizing, oh, all of my clients are sensitives. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to claim this and own it. And so I just started like communicating that, Hey, like I specialize in helping sensitives find health and uh, sustainable health. And so that's really kind of how it came to be. And then and she was like, yeah, I, I guess I need a title. <laughs> and of course my title was like a million words long. And then finally I was like, let's just make this simple. I'm a sensitive health guide. Boom. There we go. <laughs> so that's how it came to be. That's the short form. But, uh, I, as I said, I like to make up my own terms and words. And so I work with highly sensitive people, but I call them natural sensitives. Um, and we can dive into that if you want, but that's my terminology for it. And, uh, I've just enjoyed kind of creating my own little Webster definitions of, of my world. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's amazing. And a um, couple things I wanted to, to say, um, first of all, my cross is the uh, right angle cross of defiance. Ooh, so nice. I feel you on the, you know, the, the ball busting. Yeah. Um, and I grew up, you know, I grew up very similar where I was always, um, I was the teacher's pet in the music yes. department. So mm -hmm. I was always the one that like, oh, Amy Lee can sing this. Oh, let's put Amy Lee in sixth grade honors chorus. She's in third grade. Like let's do, you know, and so I was alienated in that way. So I totally resonate. Right. But one thing I really want to bring it back to when you talked about being a manifester and you said, you know, that, that you have some you can go either way, right? Like you can become completely like oppressive, like everything is like Chanel and then you can go the other way where it's more like, you know, who, you know, who am I? And I think it's really important when we think about the manifester and the manifester's job or the manifester's, uh, what, what is it called? Um, strategy. There it is. The strategy is to inform. And when you've got a highly sensitive an HSP and empath, what have you, the yeah. first thought is, who am I to inform, right? Like, who am I to be so sure that this is the outcome that's going to happen? Like, I can't just declare. And so I'd like to think of the manifester as kind of like on the chessboard, you know, the queen saying like what spot she's going to go to kind of like in Harry Potter when they like, you know, yeah. bronze in the back of the thing. And I think that that takes so much self-trust in so much like chutzpah for lack of a better word, right. To, use yeah. totally. to be able to stand in conviction and say, I am going over there, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really powerful that you've said that that's something that you struggled with because as a people pleaser, as someone who's codependent, as someone who's like, as long as I do this right thing, mm -hmm. then that person should do this thing. And then you're like, wait a minute, they didn't 
do the thing that I thought they would do if I did the right thing. And now all of a sudden, it's almost like a level of control where we're like, why didn't you do the thing that you said that I said you were going to do? Right. So that manifester piece is just so interesting to me, especially as a generator, because Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of here to be like, what do you need done? Okay, great. Let me go do that. You know, or like, and and I think, I think depending on like my husband's a manifesting generator. So he's not talking about that. But um, I think depending on how you look at it, like there's this aspect of like, is it okay if I go over there? Like, can I move over there? And then you get to that point, like you are where, you know, you've probably gone all the way to the other side, like, screw you, I'm doing this. And then you kind of like make your way back to the middle. And that's kind of where you are. And that's where you find your gifts and your healing powers. And so I love all of that. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I love that terminology that you use about naturally natural sensitives, because I think it's important. But I have a question for you because this yeah. is this is this is something I want to know. So I am not an emotional being in that I am I am what's considered an empath, right? So I have an open mm-hmm. solar plexus and you have a yeah. closed solar plexus. Yeah. So tell me then what what is the difference between a naturally sensitive and a non-emotional, right? Because if a yeah. non-emotional has an open solar plexus, meaning we just suck in energy or suck in um emotions. Mm-hmm. Whereas an emotional puts out emotions, I would love to hear where does that naturally sensitive fit in? Yeah, such a good question. I know this is something that for those that are into human design and into being a highly sensitive person get confused a lot. Uh, so I actually talk about this a lot. Uh, so the the first thing I want to say, just to clarify, I always like to define things so we're on the same page. So a highly sensitive person, uh, what I call a natural sensitive, is a inborn trait. So it's something you're literally born with. It's not something you can develop. So I just want to make that really clear. That's why I call it a natural sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's different than like developed sensitivity that's based off trauma or conditioning. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can go into that in depth if you want. Um, an empath, this is my definition. I feel like everyone has their own. So I'm just going to clarify so we're all on the same page. I personally believe an empath is someone that's born with the ability to naturally step into someone else's shoes in all circumstances. It's just something they have. They don't have to turn it on. They don't have to learn it. They don't have to gain the skill. Whereas empathy is a skill set that anyone can learn. And I really think every human should learn, but an empath is someone that it's just innate. Like they don't have to try. It's just, in fact, they have to learn how to not be as so empathetic, right? They have to learn how to have boundaries, how to separate themselves. Yeah. And I call it merging. So they have to make sure they don't merge with every single person that they encounter and not just people, but even energies of animals Animals, and plants plants. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So that's how I see places. I'm always like, I feel bad. We have to take them all home, but it's like, we're not taking all the napkins home. I know. (laughs) (laughs) they're going to be left out. I know. So that's how I define those. And I know other people define them differently, but just so we're on the same page. So when we're talking human design, right. And we're talking sensitivity within human design and emotional uh, awareness. So we're talking centers, right? So within your human design chart, you have these open or defined or closed centers and a lot of discussion has been around the solar plexus being like, oh, if you have an open solar plexus, then you must be an empath. You must be sensitive. But the truth is, is that any center that's open, you're sensitive in. 
And the way that I would differentiate between like a natural sensitivity versus a human design sensitivity, it's very nuanced. And this is just my opinion, you know, take it or leave it. But the way that I differentiate it a little bit is that the human design sensitivity, that term, I use it more as it's an area that you're more impressionable. So it's a little bit different, just a little bit there. And that it's not something that um, like you have a little more control over it. Uh, so whereas a natural sensitivity, it's just there, like it's never going to leave. You can turn the volume up and down, but it's not going anywhere. Whereas with the open centers, I feel like there's a little bit more control there. And so when we talk about, you know, someone that has an open solar panel or a solar plexus, I love it. <laughs> you're going to absorb all the emotion, right? So your journey is to learn how to navigate that. And to just, you know, that is a great definition of an empath, but someone like me that has a defined solar plexus can also have an open spleen, for example. And what is the spleen all about? The emotion of fear mm -hmm. and intuition, but there's emotions in other centers. And so I think what's kind of been missed is that we've, we've drilled down on the solar plexus as being like the only one when really, if you think about there's other areas, other centers of the body that actually are emotionally driven. Like for me, I walk into a room, I can pick up on everyone's fears, every single person's fears, which has honestly been a challenge for me because then I'm, I can be drowning in fear. That's not even my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've had to move through that and be like, this isn't mine. This isn't mine. This isn't mine, but that's my, my empathic nature picks up on fear more so than perhaps someone's like joy or someone's, um, mine, I think picks up on insecurity. I think mm. is the biggest one. So mm. I, I guess mine probably is in the G center then. Yeah. Mm, identity. Or maybe yeah. the heart too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, I think for anyone looking at their chart, understanding what each center represents, and there's so many layers to each center yeah, too, right? So, many, so, so many. depending on what season you're in and, and who, what guide you're listening to or whatever, you're going to find out different things about each center, which is fun. That's why it's like ever intriguing. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll fair. start to realize like, yeah, like, okay, these are the areas. Like I have an open Anja. I have like I'm very open. Like, and I think that too is if the yeah, more I get a lot of like have, pressure center from you as you're speaking, I can feel like there's a lot of mental pressure up there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, and for me, like I can't, like when I share, like when I share an opinion, I always make it clear, like, this is just my current thought because I'm not here to land my plane. Right. So I'm constantly shifting my opinions and my theories and all of that. Um, cause it's not my job. That's not my role in this lifetime to like, say, this is how it is. You know, I'm here Hopefully to live in the gray, to do that. <laughs> well, someone that is closed, that has a closed Anja that actually is part of their journey. Um, whether or not they push that on other people, that's different. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know that anybody's really here to have the ultimate truth. I mean, everybody's truth is different. So yeah, it's, we all have different journeys and exactly. Mm -hmm. So, but that's, that's kind of how I personally like differentiate it awesome. a little bit. And it's, like I said, it's so like nuanced. 
So it's really just about like, how does human design help you become who you are? Like, what's the main goal of all these things? Like the label of being a highly sensitive person, an empath, a natural sensitive, whatever. The goal is for you to understand yourself better. And if it helps you with that, cool. If it confuses you, just set it aside. You know, <laughs> like don't, don't stress about it. You don't have to perfect it. There's like, I hear your one being like, I want to figure this out, you know? And it's like, I would say, follow that, but also hold it lightly, you know, because none of these things, even raw, you know, would say like human design is constantly evolving and it's just, it's, it's here as your interpretation. So letting it be what it's meant to be for you. Um, so for anyone that is sensitive, whether you align with, you know, the term of, of a natural sensitive, a highly sensitive person or not, if you have open centers, you are impressionable in those areas. And so just being conscious of that and saying like, okay, if I have something in my body, in my mind, it may not be mine. It may be from someone else. And so I'm going to learn how to hear my own voice versus someone else's. That's really the biggest thing as sensitives is to learn what is ours and what is not. Because once you can do that, the world is so much clearer. When you can't do that, it's kind of a scary world. You feel very confused. You don't know who you are. You don't know where to go. You're just lost. And I know that's how I felt much of my life. I just became a copycat. I just, this is something I talk about a lot. As sensitives, the first thing that happens to us when we're young is that we lose trust in our bodies. We lose trust in ourselves because the way that we perceive the world Everyone else, unless you grew up in a sensitive family or something, but everyone else will tell you, oh, that's wrong. No, the way you're taking in this world, that's not correct. Not being that's your... It's not that big of a deal. It's not that serious. Why are you getting so upset? Why is it all about you? Why are you crying again? No, I've never heard any yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's just, so think about, you know, in those ages from zero to seven or eight, you know, there's debate around how long it goes, but those formative years, if what you're hearing is that the way that you're perceiving this experience is wrong, or it's not the same as all of us, you're different, you're weird, then you will start to say, oh, you know, I want to fit in. I want to be loved. That's our primal need is to be accepted. In fact, our body's number one priority is to survive. And so it's going to do whatever it takes, especially at that age. So it will abandon. I call it, we disconnect, we leave our body and we just say, okay, I can't trust the voice that's coming from inside. So I have to listen to everyone else. And so our sensitivity is even heightened. And, you know, we call it that, that hypervigilance and that's, I would call that developed sensitivity. Uh, but we start to get into that hypervigilance stage where we have to like take in every detail because we're just going to copycat everyone so well, that we also, fit in. Not to interrupt you, but also yeah. when you come from this trauma background, you're taking in all of those details because that's how you survive. Yes. So if you know that dad's in a bad mood, you're listening for the intonation. I mean, I remember, you know, oh, the yeah. difference between, Hey, how are you? And hi, like yeah. you knew there was no more conversation. There was no, yeah. And so eggshells. understanding yeah. that and that, yeah, that eggshell, like, Oh, they're in a bad mood. That means my whole day is shot. And that, and like what you're talking about with that learned response, mm. you know, like, I think sometimes you can have both, like you can yeah. be sensitive and mm -hmm. then learn sensitivity and exactly. then like, you know, the trifecta. But one thing I think that's really important that you, you touched on, you're talking about how, when you have, you know, your own emotions and you can't trust yourself. I think part of it is that when you're taking in the emotions of others, it's like you're an air traffic control tower, right? So you're trying to deal with whatever it is you're feeling, 
Yes. And all of a sudden this plane, like to use the analogy comes in and it's like, oh my God, like sheer terror. Yeah. Is your terror mine? No, I don't have anything to be terrified of. And then it's like your thing that you were processing gets pushed down and pushed down and pushed down until it becomes kind of part of you. And heaven forbid you pass it on to your children. And then here you are a couple generations, you know, removed. And it's like that terror that you tried to handle on a Tuesday you know, that was your terror just got completely interrupted by somebody else's terror. And so being able to recognize that and, and kind of like parse out what's mine and what's theirs is more crucial than I think we kind of give it credit for, you know? Absolutely. And that is the journey as a sensitive adult is to look back and to start reviewing your childhood experience of what was actually mine and what was something I just took on because I was trying to survive and I was trying to be accepted and loved and not rejected by my, typically it's your family, but it could be a teacher. It could be a coach, could be a friend. You know, there's so many experiences, like we always hone in on the family, but it can really be any, any person that you want acceptance from within your lifetime. So it's, it's challenging. And to discuss a little bit further, like I 100% believe that all of us have developed sensitivity. Every human has developed sensitivities. Um, so that's the difference, right? Is someone that has natural sensitivity, it's an inborn trait. It's something you're born with. And then you get developed sensitivity on top of it that comes from trauma and I'm in the health world. So I would even add in like, you know, health imbalances, we label those as sensitivities like, oh, you're sensitive to chemicals. You're sensitive to food. You know, that's developed like, mm -hmm. and developed sensitivity is something we want to clear is something we don't want to live with. That's not a badge of honor. That's actually something that is not authentic. That's not me. Like I can get hives if I put my oh. phone on my leg for too long. Like if I rest it, I yeah. won't break out in hives. And what's interesting is that could be a developed or a natural sensitivity. And that's, what's fun when I work with clients is we work on clearing the developed sensitivities and then we get down to the core and we figure out what is their actual natural sensitivity. Meaning that you like you, and I'm not saying this is true, but like, I'm just using that as an example. You may always be sensitive to EMFs. That's just part of your wiring. Mm -hmm. um, and so instead of seeing that as like something that needs to be cleared, you just learn like, okay, so that's just, I'm, I'm going to know how to set up my life so that it doesn't affect me. Right. It can serve a um, purpose too. Like in NLP, we yeah. talk about ecology and there mm -hmm. are certain phobias and certain fears and certain, ad, you know, adversions that we have for a reason because they protect us from something and we wouldn't want to clear those necessarily yeah. because it would be out of ecology. So that's another. Yeah. Well, like technically you wouldn't be able to clear it. So that's how, you know, is that you literally can't. Um, and to go down that road. So I always call us sensitive we're the canary in the coal mine, like our purpose, like when people get mad, they're like, Oh, I don't want to be sensitive anymore. Like we all go through that phase. We're like, you know, sorry for the language, but like, fuck this. Like, I don't want to be sensitive anymore. Like I just let me be quote unquote normal. I just want to be common. Like, let me fit in please. But here's the thing. We were specifically chosen to be sensitive. Like this is a role this is a need for humankind. And so I'm so passionate about sensitives, discovering their true sensitivity, clearing the developed sensitivity and being able to live in full authenticity and full power of their sensitivity. Because if we're living out our role, we are literally that canary in the coal mine. We are the, another illustration is we're the scout. 
Like if you think of like traditional cultures, like they had the scout that went out and said, okay, it's safe here. Like I, like we have the ability to know like that food is safe or this environment is good. Like I'm super sensitive to mold. That's something that's, I would say that's borderline developed, (laughs) borderline natural, but like I can walk into a room and be like, 100% 100% there's mold in this room. Like, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. You know, I can smell smoke from like three blocks away. And it's you your know, we, TVs on, even when like, like there's somewhere in a huge room. Yeah. You're like, on, I can be like, I, I hear the frequency of a TV. Yeah. And so we're able to pick up, we have these heightened traits, these heightened abilities. We're superheroes, that, you guys. That's yeah. All. We're superheroes. And here's the thing is it just because people that aren't sensitive, aren't picking up on those things. It doesn't mean it's not damaging them. Right. That's the difference, but they're not able, they're just a denser. I hate people wearing Apple watches. I'm like, if you only oh, knew what that was God. doing the yeah. resonance in your body, you would mm. never put that thing on your body again, but you know, it's the trend. Yeah. I'm with you on that. It's, it's cringeworthy for me. It's when mamas have cell phones near their newborn babies. I, oh my mm. gosh, I just want to start crying. Um, but it's, it's, you know, our, our role here is to be so healthy and so confident that we can step into that and say, Hey guys, this environment is not safe to call the sound, the alarm and say, Hey, like, you know, whatever you're passionate about, Hey, 5g is not okay. People like, and, and, and lead that charge because you know, it directly affects me. I'll go into room. I can tell you how it's going to affect you. You may not feel it because you're so dense and that's not a bad thing. They right. have a different role to play, mm-hmm. but they're so dense. They can't connect with that, but we can. And we, as a result, will protect humanity. That's our role. We're literally, they let us. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of oppression. <laughs> they of, let us. Of, I know. I know. That's not a thing. I mean, there's conspiracy theories of all kinds, whether oh, they're gosh, yeah. or otherwise. I mean, right yeah. now, We've got a situation in Ohio where uh, massive amounts of toxic chemical are being leaked into the atmosphere and the yeah. government's basically silent oh, on it. They're not 100%. even talking about it. And yeah, they're we, shutting journalists down on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nobody and nobody really knows that it's going on. And it's supposedly the worst environmental disaster of our of our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and that's really like the beauty if we think about it. Okay. So like, what's the point of, let's like back it up. What's the point of taking on a label of empath or natural sensitivity or high, or high sensitivity? Like what's the point of even ge- getting into that? It's so that we understand who we are and we start to realize it's like I said, if we don't trust ourselves, we're lost. We don't know who we are, but when we start to you know, that's the benefit of a label is to start to understand who you are. The label, you may eventually expand beyond a label, which 100%, I support that. Right. Uh, but for you to be like, oh, I have a gifting that I am here to step into. And if I, I'll use myself as a manifester, I'm a manifesting natural sensitive. Like that's a pretty like gnarly role to play. I am not here to shrink. Like I am here to be loud and proud and leading a movement. And if I choose to self-protect and I choose to be a martyr and a victim and to stay in my world and to be that peacemaker and the nice girl, because I don't want to like be rejected. I am literally, I'm rejecting myself. You know, I am moving away from the very thing that I'm here to do. And so as sensitives, I really feel like we're called to move through our trauma, move yeah, through that's the, our that's pain. That's the, the quest in this life. Yeah. Can you overcome the fact 
that you would rather die than have a confrontation with somebody <laughs> to do the work that you're here to do in this iteration yes. of earth school. Like, yes, you know, sign sealed delivered. Like that is the quest. The, quest. the world needs us. Yeah. One, one million percent. And, and we knew that when we came here, yeah. we chose to come here for that reason. And then we forgot all of that. So I definitely, oh my gosh, Jesse, I could talk to you literally all day. And I feel like between you and me, we could really clean up this planet a lot <laughs> with our energy, but I need to know how do people get a hold of you? How do they get into your world? Tell us all the things. Yeah. So like I said, I specialize in health. Um, that's really kind of my natural gifting is to help. I, I can just, I just know, uh, what's going on in people's bodies. It's I'm leaning into that more and more and like owning it more and more. I also have a lot of like training and stuff like that too. And I love labs and all the data as well. So I kind of marry intuition with data. That's my, my specialty. Um, but I'm really, I'm here to help sensitives heal that developed sensitivity and more from a body point of view. Although I do have a lot of gifting in other areas too, that kind of come out with my clients, but we clear the body and we get into a place where you have the capacity to do what we just talked about. Because if you're dealing with autoimmunity, if you're dealing with food sensitivities, if you're dealing, I mean, I could list all of the labels that you could possibly be given ADHD, you know, whatever is currently popular right now, you know, like, um, that we all have, or I was an OG struggling ADHD. With. I was diagnosed in high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a label that's being maybe overused now (laughs) or I'm like, okay, not everyone has ADHD. Yes. We're all struggling with focus because of how we're living our lives. Um, there are people that legit have it and people that I would say I'm like being trained to live our lives. Yes. Yes. So that being said, like I'm here to help people find their healthiest self Mm -hmm. so that they can be who they're meant to be on this planet. And so I, you know, we use all sorts of modalities. And like I said, my specialty is sensitivity. So when someone comes to me that is sensitive, we heal in a different way than even if you were seeing someone that was also a holistic practitioner like me, we might use similar modalities, but I'm going to go about it differently because it's very unique to who you are. Like the way I support you, Amy's can be very different than any of your listeners, because we base it off of your human design. We base it off of like your symptoms. We base it off of lab work. And then also my intuition, which is very unique and different. Mm -hmm. So, and then we move at the pace that your sensitive body needs, which is very different from what anyone else needs. So that's something that I really love doing. And so I have people come in, I do one-on-one work and we work together for about six months and really go deep. We do like every two weeks, 90 minute sessions, like very, very luxurious and deep. It's a very exclusive experience. And then I also have, um, my more broad reaching method. It's called the authentic calm method. And that's what I created for just anyone and everyone, because I know like not everyone's in a place where they can financially afford to work one-on-one with me. And I, I've been there myself, you know, so I get it. Um, but I also know my value. So it's that blend, you know, of offering this method that is basically a lot of the foundation. It is all the foundational stuff that I do with my one-on-one clients, but you can do it on your own. So you step into this beautiful little space and you get to work through and have all the different tools in there. So um, we, yeah, so it's, 
Uh, and I can share more about that if you want, but that's like my two kind of big support systems. And another than that, I have my podcast and that's my free service to the world of like, Hey, let's talk about this stuff. And, and just this year I started being like, I'm going to actually go on podcasts and as my manifestor, like initiate and start sharing and being a bold representation of, you know, who I am and what I, what I want to call out, you know, and, and encourage sensitives to be and to, and to represent that myself embody it myself. So I love that so much. Well, it has been my sincere pleasure to have you on the show. I'm sure that the listeners are just drooling over all of this. <laughs> find all the details to get into Jesse's world in the show notes. And if you guys are watching live, of course, you can um, DM her, ask her questions. That's okay, right? You take DM. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. you guys can message her, chit chat with her. I'm sure she would love to help you guys. So thank you, Jesse, so much for being here on the show today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So fun, Amy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And that'll do it for another episode of the Dream Design Podcast. Until next week, when we come back with another great guest, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Hey, Dream Builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction, and manifestation? Then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams. A monthly group coaching call with me and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.